you got a Bible, let's go to Deuteronomy. You haven't got a Bible, look off the real Christian next to you that brought his. Deuteronomy. Me and Mike book out. Mike, he's been making some comments about Deuteronomy, and I have too, about it being kind of a difficult book. But, uh, boy, here's the gem right here. This is a jewel in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Are you there? I want to look at flying lessons today. Deuteronomy 32, and let's read verses 11 and 12. As an eagle stirs up her nest, flutters over her young, spreads abroad her wings, takes them, bears them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. Preachers, you talk about a sermon that outlines itself. This one outlines itself. As an eagle stirs up her nest, flutters over her young, spreads abroad her wings, takes them, bears them up on her wings. That outlines itself. And we will look at the truth of this today. By your heads. Father, we thank you and praise you, God, for the opportunity, and it certainly is an opportunity to expound your word and to bring your word as manna and meat into the hearts and lives of people that's here and I'm praying, Lord, even those listening by a CD and those watching on the Internet, Lord, that it would be a blessing to them and a help in their Christian walk. In Jesus' name, amen. Flying lessons. Two years ago, I was preaching a revival, and I don't preach many revivals anymore. I used to preach a lot of youth revivals, but I found out the more hair I lost, the less invites I got to speak at youth meetings and youth revivals. But I spoke at this, uh, not a youth meeting, I spoke at this revival two years ago, and oh, I was probably on the second or third night of that, a, a deacon of the church came up to me and, preacher, I need to talk to you. And I said, sure. He said, you want to you wanna fly a plane? And I said, you bet I do. You got a plane to fly? He goes, you bet I do. I said, well, when do you want to do this? And we talked about a day and set up a day. So I met him and we got his plane out of the hangar and from there got in the plane. He did all of his checklist and all of his things to do with before we could take off. And we took off. And as we was flying, I was amazed. We flew over Florida. I was amazed the amount of trees that's in Florida, the city of Florida. You wish you wouldn't think that. whole lot of trees there. Flew over Albany, same thing. I was amazed the number of trees that's right within a given city. And then after we got to where we wasn't over any city, he said these words to me. Preacher, take the controls and don't do anything stupid. <laughs> well, I've been watching him fly this plane, and I'm thinking, that don't look very hard. I can do that. 
I did notice that looking out the front of the window, I couldn't see very well. It was just clouds and air. And, but you looked over the side, then I could, you could see the towns and you could see the lakes and you could see the different patches of green and you could see all of that. Well, after I took control of the plane, in about 10 seconds, I noticed, well, now I can see. I can see the trees and I can see the, there's a, over there, there's a house and there's a building. And, and he says, preacher, yeah, you got us in a pretty steep dive right now. <laughs> oh, okay. And I kept thinking, you know, with some time, I think I could do this. You got to have a plane too, but uh, I think I could do this. I think I could fly a plane. But here's the deal. I seen early on, this is much more of a process than it is a talent. Because we sat there for a good 10 minutes. And I'm not one that waits very well, waits what broke the bridge down. And, you know, I'm thinking, well, why ain't we going? And he's checking this and checking this. Before we even got in the plane, he was checking the plane all over, checking all the things. We got in the plane, and then the checklist flipped to another page. He's checking all this other stuff. But I'm thinking, it ain't so much talent. It's about this guy's going through the process of checking all these things off before we can actually take this trip. God delivered Israel from Egypt's bondage, and the metaphor he used was not as a bear or as a roaring lion. The metaphor God used was as an eagle. In Exodus, it says, I bear you on eagle's wings. I brought you unto myself. As an eagle stirs up the nest, flutters over her young, spreads her wings, takes them up, bears them on her wings. As an eagle, not a blue jay, not a blackbird, not a wren, God says, as an eagle, not a prairie chicken. You've heard the story about the eagle, the little eaglet that got in amongst the prairie chickens, and the whole time it was there, it would look up into the sky, and the other prairie chickens would say, quit looking up. You're just an odd-looking prairie chicken. You don't look near as good as the rest of us. You're like the black sheep of the prairie chickens, but quit looking up. Do what all the rest of us do, and scratch around. Scratch around. And that baby eaglet that just had it within it to want to fly would look up and they would say, you can't fly. Quit looking up. Every time that we have built at Orchardville Church or start a different branch or do something that was going to personally stretch me, there were people at Orchardville Church that I would see them in the hall and I'd go the other way. I couldn't afford to listen to that. 
Oh, how can we do it? Oh, well, we will never be able to get off the ground. Oh, this, this could backfire. Oh, what makes we think we can do all these things? Oh, you need to quit looking up. If you've got somebody in your mind right now, if you're thinking about that, ain't my fault because I ain't mentioned anybody's name. I've thought about people before, but you know, it's no wonder they're in a mad, bad mood. They're around themselves all the time. <laughs> they in a bad mood too. But it's a process, not talent. And in America, we are consumed with it being talent. America's got talent. American Idol. And now the new show that Simon Cowell's got to make fun of everybody, The X Factor. We need to be tons more concerned with character than with talent. Oh, but, but the, the preacher or, or whoever it is, he speaks so well. That's not the important thing. It's really not. Oh, but the, the musician, he sings and plays so well. That's not the important thing. Thank you for that's right. And a few others shaking their head and nobody else wanting to admit to it. Because here in America, everybody knows we make allowances. We make allowances for anybody that's got talent. If you're a great sport athlete and you can do something that nobody else can do, you can live like Hitler and get by with it. And that's not right. Not right. Talent will think that it doesn't need character, but I'm telling you, character will seek out talent. I've seen talent run from character. Character will always seek out talent. Think of the number of times that people have told me, oh, that George Bush, he's so stupid. And yet, look at the people he got around him on his cabinet. People that excelled in what they were doing. Oh, he's so stupid, look at the number of people he's got to have around him that knows all these things. Well, isn't that a smart thing to do? I think it is. I think it is. I don't care what stripe you are as a politician. You ought to have the very best people around you to help you get the job done. The path of least resistance will make rivers and men crooked. If you're always looking for the easiest path, and you might as well mark it down. Anybody, particularly I could say in ministry, that's always looking for the easiest road, they will amount to a big fat zero when it comes to what God wants in their life. Want it easy. Want it easy. I don't want to have to work. I don't want to have to do anything like that. I want it easy. I'm telling you, it don't work that way. Don't work that way. Flying lessons. There are going to come some times to when there's going to be some prickly briars around you. And you know what? God's going to see to it. Hmm. 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 Here's what I think if you've got guts, you can do what's right. Well, preacher, I don't think you ought to say guts when you preach. Well, when you preach, don't say guts. 
and doing what right, I'm telling you, for the majority of times, there's going to be some lessons there, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be some hard knocks. It's going to be some times that may not come as easy as you wanted it to be, but there are reasons for that. The only time I look in the mirror is to shave, not to comb my hair, as you can see. I don't look in the mirror to brush my teeth. That grosses me out, so I just don't even look. The only time I look in the mirror is to shave. And I'll be darned if I'm going to look at a coward while I'm shaving. And if there comes some times to when I've got to take the stand, and listen, any church, if there's people say, well, people talking about Orchardville Church, goody, 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 is what I got to say about that. Because the person or the church or the pastor or the preacher that won't take any kind of stand and everything is just limp-wristed and everything is just real nice and easy and cozy. and I don't want to be in that group. I just don't. I just don't. Paul writes, I had conflict and it led him to great things. Look at Joseph. Joseph, his own brothers, sold him out. Joseph, his own brothers, let him down, literally, into a well. His own brothers did that to him. And you know what God was going to do? God wasn't going to just have him to be a prince of Israel. God was going to have him to be a prince of Egypt. To where he was literally going to control the whole world economy. And God knew, I've got to get him there. But to do that, he had to go through a well. He had to be despised by his own brethren. And listen, anybody that's going to be called to preach, you have my prayers and my sympathy. Because you're going to be despitefully used. There's going to be people that's not going to understand. There's going to be people that's going to take you out of context. Things like that's going to happen. But what did God use and do through Joseph? He saved the entire planet from starvation. And the man had to go through some junk. Oh, but preacher, the guy on TV with the nice hair and the nice teeth, he says something totally different. He says you go from the new birth to the new Jerusalem, Selah, everything's perfect and everything's nice. He has bad days too, but the cameras just ain't running on them days. Look at Queen Vashti in the book of Esther. When Ahasuerus, or the history book says Xerxes, called his queen to come out wearing nothing but the crown. And pranced before 120 leering men. And you know what she said? Not doing it. In an atmosphere and a time when nobody said nothing contrary to what the king wanted. It could have cost her head and it might as well cost her head because the Bible never said one way or another if her life was forfeited because of that. But thank God, the woman took some kind of a stand. She was not a coward. 
the three Hebrew children, willing to burn before they were willing to bow before a heathen king. Thank God. Keith Green had a record album years ago, and it showed, and it was a wonderful, wonderful painting. It shows to where you've got the three Hebrew children standing with the king Nebuchadnezzar being paraded before the crowd, and everybody on their face except three young men standing. And the look that Nebuchadnezzar is giving them is like, I can't believe you're not bowing. They wouldn't be bought off. They wasn't going to bow. They were going to bow to God and God only. And what did it cost them? They had to be thrown into the fiery furnace. But God showed up himself because a wicked king said, we threw in three, but I see four, and one looks like the Son of God. Now let me tell you some interesting point on that. If you will really stay true to God, your heathen friend or heathen neighbor or heathen boss or whoever it might be, he may be able to recognize the Son of God in your life if you're willing to take a stand. Amen. And it may be the only way you will ever see God. <clears throat> Next, you've got Daniel in the lion's den. The only one that was able to sleep that night, it wasn't the wicked king that threw him in because the Bible said he's pacing back and forth all night long. What's Daniel doing? Daniel, he's sound asleep. Daniel got through in the lion's den, and I can't think of anything more. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. You know, the guy from Africa, him and his buddy, they went on a, on a safari, and about that time, a lion took off after him, and the first thing his buddy did was he slammed, he slammed his backpack on the ground, and he started un, unlacing his boots, and he slipped on his Converse tennis shoes. And the guy said, you can't outrun the lion. And he said, I've just got to outrun you. <laughs> I can't imagine being mauled to death by a lion. And that man, Daniel, lived to tell about it because God protected him. That man was not a coward. How many preachers go around quoting Paul the apostle? And yet, here was a man. Anybody got the New Living Translation that I can borrow? You got that? Anthony, let me borrow that. Thank you, sir. In 2 Corinthians, I want you to go there and see that. Second Corinthians chapter 6. He says, in everything, in everything, in everything, in everything we do, we try to show that we are true ministers of God. Paul, how did you do that? How did you show that? He tells us. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We've been beaten. We've been put in jail. We've faced angry mobs. We've worked to exhaustion. Hello. 
Hello. I hate to say it, but preachers are in this category worse than cops when it comes to the people's perception. Cops, all that they eat donuts and <laughs> preachers worse than that, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, they don't do a day's work. They don't do a day's work. And I'm telling you, if it's going to happen for anybody in ministry, they're going to have to be willing to get dirt under their nails. Endured sleepless nights, gone without food. We have proved ourselves by purity, understanding, patience, kindness, sincere love, and the power of the Holy Spirit. 2011 has been the most difficult year I have had in 23 years of pastoring this church. As of September of this year, 109 people have come to faith in Jesus Christ at Orchardville Church. Yeah. Thank God. And I'm telling you, I, and it's be easier to say something else and, and to believe something else, but I think that that's how things work. Thank you, sir. I think that's how things, church, a church that always wants an easy road and an easy way and an easy life and an easy this and an easy that, they ain't going to mount to a hill of beans. The mama eagle will begin to break up the nest. She makes it uncomfortable. As long as they're comfortable, they'll never fly. I wish my kid would leave home. I've got a help for you. Now remember, as long as it's uncomfortable, they'll never fly. Hey, Junior, go out there and mow the yard. Hey, Sally, do the dishes. Hey, Junior, time to do the laundry. Hey, how about running the vacuum? Hey, how about... We raised up two independent kids. They done all that. Josh can bake a cake better than his sister Candace can. Independent. <clears throat> if you pay any attention whatsoever to the upcoming uh, debates, the election that will happen next year, here's what you're going to hear pundits say. It's the independents. The independents. The independents. The independents. The independents. The independents. Everything will swing on the independents. I don't think so. And those aren't the people that concern me. It's the dependents that concern me. It's the dependents that concern me. To where they want the government from cradle to the grave to take care of them. And the person or persons that will promise them the most, that's the ones we vote for. That's what scares me. That's what scares me. She gathers them on her wings. And one eaglet hops up because they're more than willing to do this now because mom's tore out all the fur 
And moms tore out all the leaves. And moms tore out the nice, comfy rabbit fur that lined that whole thing. And now when they want to kick back, it's like, ow, ah. It's not as comfy as it once was. So now when mom says, come on, it's time to, time to learn how to fly, they get on mama's wings and she jumps out over and there's a 2,000 foot drop and they're flying and they go, oh, look at this. We've never seen outside before because that nest is so big and look at, oh, it's so wonderful, it's so beautiful. Mama's great. And about that time, mama goes, whoop. And they're falling and 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 falling. And she flies down and scoops up one, scoops up the other, ascends up to the heights. And one eaglet looks at the other and says, What's wrong with mom? There it does again. Falling, falling, falling. And finally, they catch that air under their wings. Never would have happened if the nest would have been nice and comfy. They'd have stayed right where they were at. When I think of an eagle, I can't help it. I always think of the rapture. First Thessalonians. Love these verses. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which died in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself, he won't even send an angel to do this. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Why is this true? Because that's what eagles do. Eagles want to fly. How is this going to happen? I don't know. But if God can evaporate billions of tons of water every single second all the way around the world in the rain cycle, it ain't going to be no problem for God to do that. Years ago when we had to Built that house and had a basement. We had a, a dehumidifier in our, in our basement. And uh, Grandma, she was over one day, and she was looking around like she does. And, uh, and looked over and seen that, and it's, it's running. She goes, what's that for? And I said, well, it catches the moisture in the air and brings it here and puts it underneath that little tray or bucket. No, you're pouring water in that. No, I'm not. That's what it does. That's what it does. God's big enough. God's big enough. Hey, speaking of Grandma Dorothy, uh, they had the uh, Chanda Pierce thing, and Dr. Moult had a deal to where it was a $250, oh, it was uh, 
remove spider veins and, and uh, all this kind of stuff and or uh, tattoos. And of all the people there that night, Grandma Dorothy won that. <laughs> so I asked her if she's going to get her tattoos removed. You know I don't have tattoos. We will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord. Why? Because that's what eagles do. That's what eagles do. Let's all stand. As long as we're comfortable, we'll never fly. My job as a pastor is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. As long as we're comfortable, we'll never fly. And that's a tough, tough, tough prayer to be willing to pray. God, get me out of my comfort zone. Because we all, humanly speaking, we all, it's a natural tendency. We want to be comfortable. And God will say, I want you out of that comfort zone. I want you to witness and testify to that guy that you're a little bit uncomfortable about. God will help you fly when you do things like that. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We're thankful, God, for the truth of your word, even though sometimes it might even hurt. We ask and pray, Lord, as, as a church, help us, dear God, not to be comfortable, but help us, Lord God, to be available to do what you've called us to do. Or if there's somebody here this morning that's never said yes to you, Lord Jesus, as their Savior, I am believing, God, that by your Holy Spirit, you're going to speak to their heart, and today's going to be their day of days. They'll say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Given you my heart and all that is within, I lay it all down for the sake of you, my King. Given you my dreams, laying down my rights. Giving up my pride for the promise of new life, and I
our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677. I saw Jesus 